In this episode of Pastor Brad Rocks, why do we do it, man? Why do we go back to those same temptations over and over again and succumb to them? Why do we put ourselves in a position where we know we're weak? And even more importantly, what does God's word say about how we can win and have victory in this area of our life and avoid playing with fire? In every episode of the Pastor Brad Rocks podcast, I always share a song that goes along with what we're talking about. Today, I get to share with you my song, Don't Play With Fire. It's from my 2004 release, Rock You Up. It's going to be awesome. I'm fired up. You ready to go? Let's do it. Hey man, it's Pastor Brad here, your 80s heavy metal, head-banging, Jesus-loving online pastor. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode of the Pastor Brad Rocks podcast. Hey, wherever you happen to be listening to this episode, be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss any future episodes. If you're enjoying these podcasts, whatever platform you happen to be on, if you can leave a thumbs up or a comment or share this episode with a friend, that would be awesome to help the audience grow. God bless you, man. Thank you in advance so much for that. And now... Let's move on to the point of today's podcast. Don't play with fire, man. Don't see how close you can get to the edge and not fall off when you know that as soon as you fall off, you can't turn around. You can't reverse that, right? Don't play with loaded guns. Don't flirt with disaster. Don't dive headfirst into water when you can't see the bottom. Here's what the Bible says. Genesis chapter three, verses two and three. The serpent said to Eve, Did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat fruit from the trees in the garden. Verse 3. But God did say, Now listen to this. You must not eat from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it, or you will die. Isn't that interesting? It's eating the fruit that's the problem. That's that's what we all have been taught our whole life, right? And that is what brought the fall into the world when they ate the forbidden fruit. But isn't it interesting that God even says, don't touch it. You know, why would you want to handle something and look at it and observe it and get all fixated on it and, and caught up in, oh, wow, this looks so good and, and I bet it's so tasty. And why would you want to hold temptation in your hand and play with it? If you're trying to cut down on the amount of sugar you're eating, you don't go out and buy a bunch of chocolate chips cookies and chocolate cake and set it all around the kitchen. That's crazy. You're flirting with disaster. You're playing with fire. I love what the Hebrew writer says in chapter 12, verse 1. We looked at this a couple of podcasts ago. I'm paraphrasing, but he says, because we have this amazing cloud of witnesses who've gone before us, the hall of faith, all those people from the Old Testament that, that lived by amazing faith, let us throw off everything that hinders. I love that phrase. He's saying, look, it's not just about the sin in your life. What about the things that cause you to stray from a pure devotion to Christ? What about the things that undermine you and, and instead of making you stronger, just undermine your faith and cause you to struggle, cause you to be weaker? Get rid of that stuff, man. Don't play with fire. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 33, Paul says, don't be deceived. Don't fool yourself. Listen. Bad company corrupts good character. Of course, we're called to be in the world and to let our light shine and to look for opportunities to share our faith with people who don't know Christ. But there's a difference between those kind of relationships and friendship where you open up your heart and allow people to actually influence you. When you do that with bad company, 
that has a corrupting influence. In Galatians chapter 6 verse 7, Paul again says, don't be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. If you sow to please your flesh, you're going to reap the destruction and the horrible fruit that comes from that. If you sow to please the spirit, you're going to reap the blessings that come from that. In Matthew chapter 6 verse 24, Jesus says, listen, you can't serve two masters. You can't serve God and money. You're either going to hate one and love the other or be devoted to one and despise the other. The Bible is filled with these kind of sayings that say, hey, 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 stay away from this. Don't go down that path. Every single time you turn in this direction, you know it's going to lead to this kind of fruit. Listen to what Paul writes in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 through 5. He says, for though we live in this world, we do not wage war as the world does. So, so the first thing you got to get is that we're in a war and that this war takes place in our mind in deep in our spirit because both acts of righteousness and sin begin as thoughts concepts in our heart and our mind and then whatever we feed whatever we dwell on eventually manifests itself in behavior verse 4 Paul says the weapons that we fight with are not the weapons of this world on the contrary they have power that with the weapons that we as Christians fight with they have divine power to demolish strongholds strongholds are attitudes or assumptive statements or things the culture says this is just the way it is and in your heart and in your spirit you know it's not just the way it is as Christians we all know there are all kinds of attitudes and views especially in, in areas of morality and sexual purity where the world says this is just the way it is even though we know it's so counter to Christ Paul says we, we've got power to tear those things down Paul's not saying we go out and get in a fight he's saying that in Christ by his word and by his spirit we have the ability to recognize those pretensions that are counter to God for what they are and not be taken in by them he says we demolish arguments and every pretension. A pretension is, again, an assumptive statement, a truth claim. Somebody comes out and says, well, this is what's right. And they say it with kind of this assumptive arrogance or, or attitude that, that implies that anyone who disagrees with them is living in the dark ages or they're a bigot or they're a religious kind of hater. Those voices are all over the place in our culture today, just like they were in the first century. So Paul is just reminding us that we're in this spiritual battle, but we're equipped by the Word of God and the Spirit to be able to discern and tell the difference between Thoughts that run counter to God's kingdom and thoughts that are in harmony with his will. Next, Paul says, we demolish every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. Every thought that comes into our mind that would drive a wedge between us and a pure devotion and a surrendered heart to God. We say, nope, I'm, I'm trashing that. I'm demolishing that. And then here's kind of the summary statement. And we take captive every thought, every thought, every thought, and we make it obedient to Christ. God has given us his word and as believers he's given us his spirit and with the spirit comes all the power we need to win every battle but we still have to choose to fill our heart and mind with his word and to cultivate a relationship with the spirit and then to choose in all those moments to take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. Man, followers of Jesus we don't play with fire. We live in the word of God. We don't see how close we can get to the edge. We don't pick the apple off the tree and hold it and look at it and imagine what it would be like to Eat it. Don't play with fire. Judges chapter 16, the story of Samson, is an incredible illustration of playing with fire. Now, I'm going to give you the Reader's Digest version here, okay? But you can go read it in Judges chapter 16. Samson is a judge. He is a man raised up by God to lead Israel in overthrowing their enemies who were, at this time, the Philistines. Samson's this amazing warrior. He's this unbelievably strong man. And there's a cool thing called a Nazarite vow that he was part of that you can study kind of on the side here. Part of that vow was that he was never supposed to cut his hair. And that was the source of his strength. Samson's physical strength was unbelievable. 
available, but it didn't seem to carry over spiritually. Right out of the gate, Samson plays with fire by doing something God had told the Israelites not to do. He marries a Philistine woman. Now, it's super important to understand that this isn't a racist thing on God's part. This is a faith thing, okay? God is saying, look, don't intermarry with people who don't share faith in me. And the New Testament equivalent would be don't be unequally yoked because when you give your heart to women who worship other gods, there's going to be trouble. And in this case, there was plenty of it. Lo and behold, guess what happens? The Philistines come to her and say, hey, we're going to pay you a whole bunch of money if you'll just find out the source of your husband's strength so that we can subdue him. And she says, okay, Samson played with fire and he's about to get burned. Through the whole story, she kind of butters him up and says, oh, honey, tell me why you're so strong. And he kind of plays the game and he says, well, if you do this, you know, if you tie me up with bowstring, I'll be, I'll be as weak as any other man. Well, then guess what happens when he goes to sleep that night? He wakes up to Delilah saying, oh, the Philistines are upon us. Samson, rise, rise, rise. And he wakes up and there's bowstring. His hands are tied with bowstring. Imagine that. What blows me away is, did he not realize that he just told her that and that she just tied him up? Hmm, very interesting. Well, in that first instance, he just shreds the bowstring and, you know, throws off the Philistines and crushes them. But it goes on. She comes to him and says, oh, honey, why did you lie to me? Why didn't you tell me the truth? Don't you love me? What, what's the source of your strength? Well, if you tie me up with ropes that have never been used, then I'll be as weak as any other man. Well, lo and behold, he goes to sleep. She ties him up with ropes and says it again. Oh, the Philistines are upon you. And he wakes up, shreds the ropes, kills the Philistines. But it's, it's, it's hilarious because it's like either he doesn't connect the dots that every time he plays the game and says, well, if you do this, it'll make me weak, she does it. Or he's just playing with fire. Unfortunately, man, I think I know exactly what Samson was thinking because I've played this game, man. Our flesh is a master at rationalizing and manipulating the, the truth and deceiving us into thinking that we can handle it, man. You know, it's not really sinful. Honestly, as I'm sitting here searching for, for ways to describe this, it sounds stupid, but I know that we've all played this game. We deceive ourselves into thinking we can handle it or kind of a gray area. It'll be all right. Even though we know that the last 10,000 times we dabbled in that, it came back to bite us. It brought conviction into our life. But we still just dabble with it again. Again, man, this is why I love the words in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. Throw off everything that hinders. Man, I need to spray paint that on my basement wall. So Delilah keeps coming to him and saying, oh, if you love me, you'd tell me what the source of your strength is. And he keeps telling her stories. And every time that they do this, every time they go through one of these cycles, he gets a little closer to the truth. And finally, he gets around to talking about his hair. And at one point, he actually tells her, oh, yeah, if you cut my hair off, I'll be as weak as any other guy. And, of course, she shaves his head. And then he ends up getting totally captured by the Philistines. That's what happens when you play with fire, man. That's why those words in Hebrews 12, 1 are so powerful. Throw off everything that hinders. Don't mess around with stuff that's tempting to you. I don't know what those things are for you, but you do. Stay away from them. That's why That's why God said to Adam and Eve, look, you're not supposed to eat that fruit, but here's the, here's the deal. Don't even touch it. Dude, don't, don't fill your kitchen with chocolate cake and, and cookies when you're trying to avoid sugar. Come on. So man, I just challenge you. Pray about it. What are those things that maybe undermine your pure devotion to Christ that, that cause you to struggle even if they're not quote-unquote capital S sins, you know that every time you go down that path, it's just a, a struggle for you. Don't play with fire, man. 
Don't Play With Fire. That's the title of the second song on my 2004 album called Rock You Up. I can remember sitting in my office at the Michiana Community Church of God there in the afternoons. I would record. I remember sitting down to record this song like it was yesterday, man. Love this riff. Love it. It's fourth chords. If you're a guitar player, uh, that's what the riff is, is played with. Fourth chords on the E, A, and D strings. The chorus is just like this giant anthem. Sin, don't pay. Temptation never gives you what you really want. At the end, it says, don't play with fire. It'll burn your heart every single time and it does sometimes sin and temptation do provide a thrill man for a night for a season but man in the end do they come back to bite you in the tail i hope this song gets your head banging a little bit i hope it gets your heart pumping for jesus and may the holy spirit use the truth of these lyrics to edify you man and build you up in the lord here it is don't play with fire
Hey, man, thanks so much for hanging out with me on this podcast. I hope you really enjoyed it, and I hope it totally rocked you up for Jesus. As we wrap things up here, let me quickly say, if you dig what I'm doing, man, and you're blessed by the music, the podcast, the teaching videos, etc., and you want to support this ministry, this mission to reach classic metalheads for Jesus, I want to invite you to head over to my Patreon page and learn how your just couple dollars a month will make a huge difference in this ministry. And also about some amazing exclusive benefits that you'll receive in exchange for your support. The link to my Patreon page will be at the very top of the show notes. So head over there, check it out, learn about it, pray about it. And whatever you decide, man, God bless you. And thanks for being part of the Pastor Brad Rocks family, man. Remember to like, share, subscribe, leave comments, all those things. That helps the show to grow. Really appreciate it. Stop by PastorBradRocks.net sometime. Over there, you can learn all about the ministry, the music, get some free uh, music downloads, all kind of cool stuff. Also, if you're interested in following Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, best decision you'll ever, ever, ever make, promise bar none. You can learn about that over at PastorBradRocks.net as well, or leave a comment here. I'll get back with you. Shoot me an email at PastorBrad at AOL.com. Yes, I still use AOL. Isn't that amazing? (laughs) Thanks for hanging out with me, man. Until next time, keep your eyes on Jesus. God bless you. Pastor Brad, out.